Welcome to season three of V Love Hub, a podcast about life after 40, or what to expect when you can no longer expect. I'm Ann Katari. And I'm Liz Ilgenfritz. In this series, we'll be talking about sexual well being for women in midlife and beyond. If you're enjoying our podcast, please rate and review us. Thanks. V Love Hub. Today, We'll be talking about Rosie, the first of its kind platform developed by doctors and psychologists for those of us who are concerned about our sexual well being. We're excited to have Dr. Lindsay Harper, founder and CEO of Rosie,、um, as our guest today. So, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here with y'all. I appreciate it. Just tell us a little bit about Rosie. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Rosie is a platform and app that anybody can download on their phone in the United States and Canada.、Um, and we are focused on providing women with evidence based resources to support their sexual health. So, a little bit of my background is that I'm an OBGYN, and a lot of my patients that I was seeing every day were experiencing sexual health concerns. And I didn't really have anything that I felt really great about recommending to them、um, for them to find the help that they needed specifically. And so that's really what Rosie is meant to do support women in, in those times of need and really help to elevate the conversation about women's sexual health、um, in, in the world in general and also amongst you know, physicians and, and women ourselves. Well, let me start by saying thank you for doing that. <laughs> yes, it's my pleasure. I love it. Good, good. I'm sure, you, I'm sure it's so satisfying. I, I, I just can't tell you how many times I've heard, you know, similarly, like people coming, going to their OBGYNs and they have nothing to offer. They, have, they haven't been trained、right. in it, they, they just don't know. They don't know、right. what to do. So you went out and you did it. And it's such a challenge. Yes, it's so hard because I think we as physicians want to help our patients. We want to do a good job. But when we don't have the training or when that, the information isn't you know, easily and readily available for patients, it becomes a real barrier. And what I was seeing as a result of that is that women were you know, going a couple of ways. Maybe they were just kind of shutting down and thinking, well, this is just kind of a hopeless situation and this is kind of how it is. And then that, of course, has many downstream effects on their own self esteem, their own self image, their relationship quality. Or they were turning to you know, other outlets that didn't have any data. Like, okay, well, I guess I'll try this or I guess I'll try that. Because we as a medical community weren't doing our part to address the needs of women's sexual health, which is very different than how we as a medical community feel about the needs of men and their sexual health, right? We've got plenty of options for them.、Um, so we really need to get with the program here. So, yeah, I mean, I feel there's so much, so much need. And so many different ways to support women in this, in this area, for sure. Do you find that patients have a hard time bringing up sexual concern? Absolutely. I mean, I think sex is just hard to talk about as humans, right? We're not really modeled. It's not modeled for us how to have conversations, even with our partners with whom we're having sex. We still have a hard time talking about sex with our, you know, the kids that we're supposed to be educating in our lives, with our, particularly with our physicians. Even, I am a doctor and I get nervous going to the doctor, right? Because I don't know. I, I want to like, Be happy and have it all together. And, you know, sometimes it's really kind of hard to have those extremely vulnerable conversations 
when you get literally like seven minutes with this person, you know, you're like, okay, let's go through all of the different things we're supposed to talk about. And oh, by the way, here's this really big one that I have a lot of complicated, a lot of complicated emotions about, and maybe has been brewing for a really long time. Like it's hard to kind of just throw that in there for any of us. And so, you know, I think the more that we can do as physicians to open the door to those conversations, to let it be known that we are accessible for those types of conversations, the more likely that it is that patients will, you know, open up to us about these really extremely common issues. And so that's part of the work that we do at Rosie as well is to, you know, be there as an educational resource for physicians to model how to have these conversations. And then if your patient does have a problem, you know, one of the biggest barriers that physicians, the reason we don't want to ask is because we don't know what to do. Like, why would you ask someone about a problem if you don't know what to do about it? That doesn't seem particularly helpful. It seems maybe like it's even nosy. And so if they do have an evidence-based recommendation like Rosie, then hopefully the idea is that they feel more comfortable asking the questions as well. Yeah, I, I love that. My next question is, how do you work with providers? We, I mean, we work with them in lots of different ways. We have more than 8% of OBGYNs in the country recommending Rosie to their patients. And for a startup, that's pretty remarkable. So congratulations. Thank that's amazing. You. Yeah. We're always working on growing that audience. I view Rosie as truly a mission, you know, driven business. And part of that mission is to start this conversation between physicians and patients. In accordance with that, I personally, as a physician, do lots of physician education. I travel around the country do virtual, you know, lectures for groups of physicians on this. I'm lecturing at the National Congress of OBGYNs this year, and I did last year. So really trying to demystify. The name of one of my lectures is Women's Sexual Health. It's not that complicated because one of the sort of myths that we have in our minds is like, oh, it's Pandora's box. I couldn't possibly, mm. you know, begin to address that. And it's like, well, I mean, yes, it's complex. There, It is multifactorial and multifaceted, and we want to honor the experience for what it is. But there's also some responsibility, just like physicians do for depression, just like we do for men with sexual health problems. We need to understand our piece of the puzzle, and we also need to help patients get to where they need to go. So just because it is complex, so are so many of the other things we do, that doesn't mean we can't do it or that we shouldn't do it. In fact, you know, I think we really need to own up to that responsibility. But without that knowledge and that that message, you know, that's that's a that's a far-fetched dream. But what what I do know is whenever we are able to communicate these ideas simply and in an action-oriented way that physicians do start to talk about it because they feel empowered to, you know, to really help their patients in a new way. Right. And is there an age group that you target for Rosie? Yeah. You know, we started out really working on low desire because that's the most common sexual health complaint. 38% of women say that they have low sexual desire. And so we started out in that age group, but actually that age group or that uh, particular complaint runs the gamut. Uh, we see a lot of women in you know, their 30s and 40s with that complaint, but also during and after menopause. So it's really kind of age agnostic. Um, since we first started, Rosie, though, we've really grown to become the women's sexual health partner throughout all, you know, sexual health questions, difficulties. So we help women with sexual pain, uh, with a history of sexual trauma, with body image and body shame issues, with, you know, re-educating um, from different cultural and, and religious aspects. We have specific 
resources for Muslim women, for Orthodox Jewish women, for conservative Christian women, where we're really trying to say, hey, we we honor and appreciate who you are as an individual. Here's a way with a partner from within your community to view sex in a more positive light rather than in a shameful and embarrassing one. So we're really trying to take all aspects of the sexual health journey from, you know, really 17 and beyond. So of course we have lots of programs for women um, who are experiencing infertility, pregnancy, postpartum journey, menopause, just reprioritizing sex, sexual communication. I mean, the list goes on and on. Oh, actually breast cancer survivorship is a huge audience for us. So on the platform, we have women ages 17 to 83, I think is our current oldest user. So that makes me really happy because I want people to live the best you know, version of their life in general and in and, and more specifics, their sex lives throughout their entire journey, whatever that looks like. It, it won't look the same throughout the whole life, but it can definitely be a positive um, add to everyone's life. So that's what we're there for. Can you take us through, and I'm sure there would be an, an infinite number of, of iterations of this, but take us through a particular arc of one of your users' you know, journey with Rosie. Absolutely. Yeah. So we'll do the low desire one since it is definitely the most, the most common. So for example, if you know, you, uh, women might find out about Rosie through one of two ways, either through their, their healthcare providers. So that could be a therapist, that could be an OBGYN, that could be a number of different practitioners. Um, or they might find out about us by doing a search on the internet or through a social um, platform ad. And so they come onto the platform and they complete um, what we call the sexual wellness quiz. And that's a series of, it's dynamic, so it changes for everybody, but it's between 25 and 38 questions. And it really helps us to create a personalized experience for each of, of the women on our platform. So just as I mentioned, we might we might want to you know know about okay, are you a part like do you have a, a partner? Do you are you taking care of young children or aging parents? Do you have specific religious you know background or beliefs that could be affecting your sexuality? What are your sexual preferences? Like the list goes on and on and on and on. What are your sexual health goals? So each of these questions helps us to curate a personalized wellness plan for each of our users so that she can come back and sort of work through um, a bunch of education and, and uh, really uh, therapeutic modules that we've created with experts across the country, across the U.S., including OBGYNs, sexual medicine experts, sex therapists, pelvic floor physical therapists. Um, oncologists, perinatal psychiatrists, really everyone who is obsessed with women's health like we are, have been involved in the creation of these experiences for the, for the people on our platform. We also have different interventions that are based in the ideas of cognitive behavioral therapy, where we help women to sort of examine how they look at, you know, feelings about health and relationship and sex and how we can improve upon or, you know, help with those if necessary. Um, we have meditations. We have um, a lot of uh, communities, both peer support and coaching support and group formats and individual formats. We have monthly workshops with experts. The one this month is how to talk to your kids about sexual health. Um, and then we also have a library of erotica which is an evidence-based tool to help with all aspects of sexual health, including desire specifically. So if this person comes to our platform, indicates that she's having trouble with desire, then she's going to get an entire curated program based on her phase of life, her reproductive health history, her goals, her partnership status, and then a community of support um, and other evidence-based behavioral interventions to support her sexual health goals. It's amazing. So much. Well, thank you. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Thank you. It's a lot, but we but we need a lot because everyone's different. Like you're like you're saying, you know, there's so many different um, 
aspects to women's life that affect all of this. And it seems like you're really addressing a lot of them and coming at it from a lot of different angles that make it accessible to women, um, which I love. Yeah, that's the idea. Yes. I, you know, it's like, I think there's so much, someone asked me one time on a panel, if I could change one thing about healthcare, what would it be? And my answer was, although impossible to burn it down and basically just start over. Cause I think it's just built so wrong. And if, if I were to start over, if I were to burn it down and start over, that's how I would want health for everyone to be addressed, but particularly for women. Like we are, we are not a health condition. We are whole people. And I think it's wrong to, to like leave out the fact that the entire experience of our lives affects the entire experience of our health and vice versa. And so I think in order to adequately address an, any aspect of either, you have to really understand yeah. and appreciate the whole picture. And that's the type of partnership that really makes a difference for people's health, for sure. It's, it's huge. And I, I wonder, do you find that when you open this up for your patients, that that kind of blows their mind? Well, I hope it blows their mind. You know, I hope, I hope. Because <laughs> it, it, it feels them. so basic, but it also feels so core yeah. to who we are. Right, right. And I think that that's what we all want. You know, that's what I want. I want an experience that really takes into account these nuances of my life. That's what, that's what, you know, relationships do at the core. Whenever you are in a positive relationship is because you feel seen right for the person that you are. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the job and the opportunity and really the like, um, amazing sort of obligation of digital health to try to recreate that experience for patients at scale, right? How do we help people at scale to understand that they are valuable for exactly who they are and we appreciate each of their experiences and what that contributes and how that affects their health? So I hope it blows their mind and I hope that the, you know, the idea uh, and the product you know, match one another, but we're continually working on that. Um, and it's definitely, you know, at the core of who we are as a company. And do you see with different age groups that um, certain age group have more issues or concern about a particular, I don't know, issue? Problem. Yeah, problem. Yes, that's, that's the word. You yeah. didn't want to say problem, but. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know. I didn't want to say problem, you know. Concern. But yeah, but I mean, yes. So, I mean, what do you see, let's say, for example, women in their 20s and the women in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, what are the differences of concerns that they have? That's such a good question. So in their, in women in their twenties, you know, and it's hard to make generalizations like this because just as we were just discussing, everyone's kind of going through their own journey, but some themes that come up in the twenties are, um, sort of discovery of pleasure, right? So I've mm -hmm. maybe been, uh, exposed to certain themes of pleasure in media or whatever. How does that land with me? Like, how can I define pleasure for myself? What does that look like in my life? So that's one theme there. Also, body image is huge in that age group. Sexual pain is actually very common for women who in their in their teens and twenties. And then, you know, unfortunately, a lot of sexual trauma and working through, you know, some of the issues related to the experience of sexual trauma and how that may or may not affect the rest of their sexual experiences. The thirties, you know, it starts to change as we start to sort of. Um, come against ideas of reproductive health and motherhood. And there are plenty of people on the platform that choose not to be mothers. And how does that affect your sexuality? Like there, it's so nuanced. 
and really being there to support each of those journeys is important to us. But also pregnancy, those who are experiencing infertility, this has a huge effect on sexual health when you're like having timed intercourse for years on end and, mm-hmm. you know, it, trying to get an achieved result and it's not happening. Right. So right. you can imagine how that changes your relationship with sex. Postpartum is a huge, you know, issue in 30s and 40s in terms of reclaiming one's sexual identity, prioritizing sex in the midst of all of the other obligations we have as parents, um, and also renegotiating roles with your partner after this new person comes into the world. And but you're still supposed to be and and want to be, you know, romantically involved with your partner. So um, there's a lot to unpack there. And then a little bit later, so depending upon where you are in that childbearing journey, you know, a lot of times we just get so busy with the demands of our professional lives, our children, and we kind of let our relationships or by de facto, our relationships kind of fall to the wayside. And so we have a lot of people on our platform who understand that that's an issue, but don't really understand how to address it. And um, so they're looking to reprioritize sex. And then as we move closer to perimenopause and menopause, we get a whole other, <laughs> whole other set of, um, shall we say, challenges in terms of, you know, vaginal dryness, in terms of change in weight gain and how that's deposited on our body and how that makes us feel about ourselves. Hormonal changes, which affect our, our mood, our anxiety level, our sleep or lack thereof, our interactions with our partners, and then major changes in desire. Um, and, and maybe even pleasure because of hormonal changes as well. So, I mean, the point of that really long laundry list that I just shared is that there's, there's never a time in our lives where we're not renegotiating our relationship with sex um, and how it affects our overall lives. And so what I really appreciate is the opportunity to get to, you know, support women during each of these different life transitions, because it's never over. It's not like you have a sex talk one time and, and sexual health is a check mark. Which we, which we thought, I guess, like when we were growing up, right? It's like, that's how it was. Done. Did that sixth grade. Check. Yeah. <laughs> it's over. Exactly. And then when we come against a problem, we're like, oh my gosh, there's no hope, but it's just like anything else. It's just like, you know, a financial challenge. It's just like a diff- another health challenge. Like these are just opportunities for us to you know, navigate with our partners, with our, with our healthcare team, you know, how to optimize and how to make the most of what the current situation that we're in. But without those conversations, then we're all alone, or at least, you know, we perceive that we're all alone. And that's where we really run into problems. So that's really Rosie's, you know, front and center message is you are not alone. You're not alone in your sexual, you know, health struggles or questions. Everybody's in the same boat. The problem is we don't talk about it. Not that, you know, it's, it's one of our problem, one as an individual to mm-hmm. carry by ourselves. Well, that's amazing. Do you, now, did you ha- do you have a fair number of, of clients in your 50s and in their 50s and 60s? And beyond? <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. The mean age on the platform is 41. Um, so it's in that midlife. But we have so many, I mean, you know, tens of thousands of women who are in their 50s, in their 60s, in their 70s. We have one review in the app store where a woman says that, you know, she's just sort of having a sexual reawakening in her 60s and she couldn't be more thankful. And I'm like, that. yes, this is why we do what we do. Like, I'm so happy and proud. Um, we have had breast cancer, you know, patients who, um, you know, th- there was one that I'm remembering who she said that she went through breast mm-hmm. cancer treatment 20 years ago and hasn't had a decent sex life in 20 years until she 
started on the Rosie platform. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like just the, the tragic sort of scenarios that are out there that need help, like emergently are, are the reason why we do what we do. I love it. And there's so many out there. And then, you know, you, you catch as many as, as you can, you're putting it all out there for everyone to, to, to access, which is amazing. What I'm getting by listening to your, this whole arc from the twenties to the thirties to the forties, the phrase that keeps coming up for me is, is hope for the future. Absolutely. Like I, I look at, at, at my life in, at 53 and my friends' lives in the fifties and we're all coming into this now and we're all starting to talk about, you know, we're doing book clubs, doing all of these things. And it's like, oh, there are now kids in their 20s and their 30s who have access to all the stuff that we never had. Like when you talk about the things, you know, body image, um, pain with sex, trauma, that that women are now going to be able to more readily discuss in their 20s and 30s instead of, we'll just pack that right. away for later and like unpack it later in yeah. our 50s yeah. when we're all upset. And it's, you know, what hard to access. This is really hope hope is the word I keep coming with. So, yeah. Thank you so much. And that's the idea is that we can over time, because this work takes, you know, decades, right. To change the way that people and society and the world view like a concept, like women's sexuality. I mean, that's, that's like a a really long body of work to, to undertake. But what I hope is that we can take these conversations that have been hidden for just like to your point, Liz, like for decades and that are now kind of being unearthed because of this hopeful, like social awakening that we're having and decrease that level of acuity, right? Where we can all get to a place where we're like, yeah, well, this is what I'm dealing with, but I know that's super common and I know here's where I can go. And so we're not, you know, having this snowball effect where we started out with a simple to simple to address problem, but the decades of silence and shame and then dysfunction that sort of get lumped on top of it because of the lack of resources and because of the lack of conversation. That's what I hope we can get to. It's not that we're going to have a planet, you know, with a hundred percent rate of sexual wellness. It's just that when we have a problem, we know where to go to get the answers. That's all we're asking for. You right. Know? Right. So on, on the app, you have educational resources you talk about getting turned on and there's erotica there's stories uh, that you can read or listen to how did that all come together yeah and who writes it <laughs> as a doctor this is like such a surprising part of that platform for me but really when i was learning about the evidence-based interventions for sexual health and what what i could put on a platform to try to bring together a really safe supportive and really efficacious, like some things that worked uh, platform, erotica just was a standout because there's so much data about how erotica improves women's sexual health. There, I mean, it existed before Rosie and we've been able to, you know, really solidify that data through a lot of the experience of the women on our platform. And so when I was like, okay, well, I guess if I'm going to make an app for women's sexual health, it's going to have to include erotica. I'm like, wow, whoever thought (laughs) this would be my job or my life or like, and also where does one get erotica? So it's been an evolution since we started, but now we're so proud because a lot of the women that come to our platform are erotica is not their bag. They're not like, I'm coming to Rosie for erotica. I was actually surprised to see it. I was like, there's erotica? (laughs) Yeah, what's going on here? But they learn, and the way that we talk about erotica on the platform is erotica as a prescription. 
if you're having a sexual health problem and you're looking for help, erotica has really strong evidence that it works. And guess what? It's side effect free and it's relatively inexpensive. I firmly believe that there should be 10 times as many FDA approved medications for sexual dysfunction for women as there are. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the drugs that are available now, they're not well covered by insurance, which is another big challenge. And so they end up being hundreds of dollars per month, $700 per month. When you look at erotica, like on our platform, it's $10 a month, you know? So I'm like, okay, it's $10 a month. It's side effect free. Like let's at least give it a shot. Right. Right. And so whenever we sort of spread that message, what's important to us is that we allow the women who are giving erotica a try, um, the opportunity to really curate their experience. Because as we mentioned before, not every, the majority of people are not coming to this from the same context. Many women feel nervous about erotica. They're like, hey, I don't know about this. This is maybe they have thoughts that this is, you know, um, similar to, you know, being unfaithful to their partner or they're just uncomfortable with this idea of exploring fantasy. And so what we want to try to do is be a responsible partner in that journey of exploring fantasy and maybe re sort of uh, imagining how we think about these ideas and say, okay, if you are uncomfortable with this, maybe maybe you give it a shot with like a couple that is that reminds you of yours, right? So whether that's married or whatever that looks like. And also, you know, we have a three flame rating system. Yeah. So one flame is like literally like the notebook where someone might be, maybe they're having sex over there in that room, but we don't know a lot about what's going on. Like it's kind of mentioned, but we don't have a lot of details or all the way to three flames, which, you know, we know what that <laughs> might look at, like, like 50 shades or something. But that's the, that's the point is like, everybody and their mom and sisters and everyone was reading 50 shades when it came out and that it's the same idea guys everyone like this is a fun thing for people to explore and we just need permission to do it 50 shades because of the popularity of it gave everyone permission and rosie wants to give that permission too and so through the through the transfer of that permission we want to give the agency to the women on our platform to really curate that experience. But now the cool thing about erotica for Rosie is that the our erotica editor, her name is Donna Jennings. She was a sex therapist and then she turned into an erotica writer. <laughs> so her brain, just the way she thinks about erotica is the exact way that I want erotica to be in in reality on the platform. We focus on, you know, female sexual pleasure. Most of our writers are women. So we really have a mandate around, you know, the topics of the stories, the way that that female sexual pleasure is depicted um, and the purpose of it on the platform. And we've even gone so far as to create erotica for different types of women. For example, women who've had breast cancer do not, and, and we've heard from many of them, like to read erotica stories that mention breasts or nipple stimulation because mm -hmm. that is actually anti-erotic to them. So we right. have specific erotica for breast cancer survivors. So, you know, it's just a cool thing for us to get to explore and communicate with women that actually has a lot of data that it really works. And we're excited to work on it in a way that it's never been worked on before to really address specific needs of women um, who are trusting us with that experience. I think it's amazing. I know we're starting to get short on time, but we didn't really talk much about the the coaching and the group coaching and the individual coaching. Can you hit that for us a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I don't know about y'all, but I have had such a positive experience with coaching in my life, um, both as an entrepreneur and on it, just a personal development sort of journey. And so as I was creating Rosie and, and sort of going through that myself, 
I met um, Dr. Sonia Wright. She's a physician turned sex therapist turned life coach. I'm like, how, where do all these amazing women come from? But I was like, Sonia, would you ever want to do coaching on the Rosie platform? And so the way that coaching works on our platform is it's, it's a, an expert who has a lot of extensive education about sexuality and is really there to help you with your individual thoughts and goals regarding sexual health. So for example, if you have, you know, uh, if you're there, we talked about earlier about reprioritizing sex in your life, they're there to help sort of guide you through your own thoughts about how you might be able to do that, to solidify those, to create an action plan, or maybe you're working on another issue. They're there to sort of be your personal guide through whatever issue you're working on. Um, so we have an amazing team of women with different areas of specialization. They hold group coaching events that are focused on a topic like sexual pain, like menopause, like pleasure, like body image. Um, and then we also have individual coaching with those same coaches as well for one-on-one -on -one interactions. And then also, as I mentioned earlier, we offer live workshops where we can do a deep dive into a certain topic with an educational expert. Last month, it was body image concerns with a sex therapist. The month before, it was how to flirt. All these fun topics that come up on the platform and we're like, oh, perfect, let's do a workshop. You know, it just creates a community where women who have invested themselves in our platform in their terms of their time can get, you know, we can have the conversations that we all want to have that maybe we, we are not sure where else, you know, those safe places might happen, or we don't know where else to connect with those types of experts that have been vetted by our team of doctors and psychologists and therapists, which is something that's super important to us that we're providing the highest quality, most up-to-date science-based information that really speaks to the experience of, of all women where it's just so fun to create those, you know, those different moments where women can hear from other women that they truly are not alone, that while, you know, they may be separated by thousands of miles and, and maybe even different backgrounds that we all share very similar stories. And in that, in those similarities is such empowerment and such hope for the future. Um, so love, love each of those, you know, different aspects of the platform as well. How popular are they? How many women are signing up for this thing? Like, what is that community like? So we've had um, 160,000 people um, on the platform. And we have, as I mentioned, over 5,000 doctors and therapists referring their patients to Rosie. You know, we've, I think that we're really on our way to sort of linking arm in arm with with physicians, with therapists, with women, and saying, hey, we all need better. We all deserve better. We all want better. And hopefully we're making our um, difference in that way with the support of this entire community, which we're so thankful for. Super. Thank you so much for joining us here on The Hub. Thanks for having us. Appreciate that. And you're on Instagram at meetrosie, C-M-E-T underscore Rosie, R-O-S-Y. You can get the Rosie app on Apple at the app store. That's right. Yeah. And also on Google play, if you have an Android and you just search Rosie R O S Y. And then, you know, a lot of people just kind of want to check out our messaging and our branding and our approach and our websites, a really great place to do that, which is meet Rosie M E E T R O S Y.com. So if you want to learn more about, you know, our approach and, um, and the team that works on this as well, then uh, please visit our website and we can share a lot more. Amazing.
Thanks for all the great information and for this work that you're doing. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity to share with y'all today. Thank you. We love hub. The first thing that really got me was that she really sees, obviously, firsthand in her practice and is what sort of started this whole thing for her. She saw that practitioners, other OBGYNs, don't have anything to offer their patients. She said that early on, and I was like, yes, 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 because I've seen it firsthand from anyone I've ever had as my as my doctor, and all the women that I've, you know, my friends and my clients and associates, they all say the same thing, and it's like, we're all sitting here going, yeah, it's such a shame, and she's like created a solution for it, created a way for practitioners to be able to offer usable information to their patients. Mm-hmm. I'm like. She's a goddess to me. Yeah. What's your favorite moment? What's your favorite frame? Erotica. To even look at porn or anything like that, I always felt like it was shameful. I'm glad that things are changing. Well, at least now, I guess I'm older, I'm, I'm more educated. I don't feel ashamed about thinking or having fantasies. Right. Well, and you've done and you've done a lot of self-exploration, self-development on that. And hopefully our listeners are on a similar path. I loved how she started by um, selecting something that's very close to their current living situation. That's the kind of wisdom that I I feel that she's bringing into everything that she does. So it's like, okay, there's women who aren't going to be comfortable with erotica, but we know that an evidence-based approach, it's a good way, an inexpensive way to, to boost, you know, desire and libido. So let's start meeting them where they are. So, okay, you're married. Let's start with some erotica about a married couple. It's so smart to start that way. There's a lot of intelligence and a lot of thought that went into what she offered. I really, really appreciate that. V Love Hub is produced by Ann Katari and Liz Ilkenfritz. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at V Love Hub. That's V L U V H U B. 